It was Schmiorgen who first saw the Crimson Gate. He had the great red gem in his hand and pointed ahead. There, Alec, Saxophdan has not betrayed us. The sea had begun to heave with huge turbulent waves, and with the mainsail still tangled upon the deck, it was all the crew could do to control the ship. But the chance of escape from the world of the blue sun made them work with every ounce of energy, and slowly the golden battle barge neared the towering crimson pillars. The pillars rose from the grey roaring water, casting a peculiar light upon the crest of the waves. They appeared to have little substance, and yet stood firm against the battering of the tons of water lashing around them. Let's hope that they're wider apart than they look, said Elric. It would be hard enough task steering through them in calm waters, let alone this kind of sea. I'd best take the wheel, I think, said Count Schmorgen, handing Elric the gem, and he strode back up to the tilting deck, climbing to the covered wheelhouse and relieving the frightened man who stood there. There was nothing Elric could do but watch as Schmorgen tried to turn the huge vessel into the waves, riding the tops as best he could sometimes descending with a rush which made Elric's heart rise to his mouth. All around them, then, the cliffs of water threatened, but the ship was taking another wave before the main force of water could crash into her decks. For all this, Elric was quickly soaked through, and though the sense told him that he would be best below, clung to the rail, watching as Schmuelgen steered the ship with uncanny sureness towards the crimson gate. And then the deck was flooded with red light, and Elric was half-blinded. Grey water flew everywhere. There came a dreadful scraping sound, then a snapping as oars broke against the pillars. The ship shuddered and began to turn sideways to the wind. But Schmuelgen forced her round, and suddenly the quality of the light changed subtly. Though the sea remained turbulent as ever, and Elric knew deep within him that overhead, beyond the heavy clouds, a yellow sun was burning again. But now there came a creaking and a crashing from within the bowels of the battle barge. The smell of mould, which Elric noted earlier, became stronger, almost overpowering. Schmuelgen came hurrying back, having handed over the wheel. His face was pale again. She's breaking up, Eric. She's breaking up, Elric, he called out over the noise of the wind and the waves. He staggered as a huge wall of water struck the ship and snatched away several planks from the deck. She's falling apart, man. Saxophdan tried to warn us of this, Elric shouted back. As he was kept alive by sorcery, so was his ship. She was old before he sailed her to that world. While there, the sorcery which sustained her remained strong. But on this plane, it has no power at all. Look. And he pulled at a piece of the rail, crumbling the rotten wood with his fingers. We must find a length of timber which is still good. At that moment, a yard came crashing upon the mast and struck the deck, bounced and rolled towards them. Elric crawled up the sloping deck until he could grasp the spar and test it. This one's still good. Use your belt or whatever else you can to tie yourself to it. The wind wailed through the disintegrating rigging of the ship. The sea smashed at the sides, driving great holes below the waterline. The ruffians who had crewed her were in a state of complete panic some trying to unship small boats which crumbled even as they swung them out, others lying flat against the rotted deck and praying to whatever gods they still worshipped. Elric strapped himself to the broken yard as firmly as he could, and Schmjorgen followed his example. 
The next wave to hit the ship full on lifted them with it cleanly over what remained of the rail and into the chilling, shouting waters of the terrible sea. Elric kept his mouth tight shut against swallowing too much water and reflected on the irony of his situation. It seemed that, having escaped so much, he was to die a very ordinary death, by drowning. It was not long before his senses left him and he gave in to the swirling, somehow friendly waters of the ocean. He awoke struggling. There were hands upon him. He strove to fight them off, but he was too weak. Someone laughed, a rough, good-humoured sound. The water no longer roared and crashed around him. The wind no longer howled. Instead, there was a gentler movement. He heard waves lapping against timber. He was aboard another ship. He opened his eyes, blinking in the warm yellow sunlight. Red-cheeked, Vilmurian sailors grinned down at him. You're a lucky man, if man you be, said one. My friend, Ulrich sought for Schmjorgen. He's in better shape than were you. He's down in Duke of Arne's cabin now. Duke of Arne. Ulrich knew the name, but in his dazed condition, could remember nothing to help him place the man. You saved us? Aye, we found you both drifting, tied to a broken yard carved with the strangest designs I've ever seen. A Malnabonean craft, was she? Yes, but rather old. They helped him to his feet. They had stripped him of his clothes and wrapped him in woolen blankets. The sun was already drying his hair. He was very weak. He said, My sword? Duke of Arne has it below. Tell him to be careful of it. <laughs> We're sure he will. This way, said another. The Duke awaits you.